0: You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Pastor Tim Brooks. Well, let's quickly recap because that's what we're doing here. We're learning from David's successes and we wanna learn from David's failures. Okay, what did King David do that worked? What did he do that didn't work? We've been looking at this series in managing our life. And, and let's, let's just go back real quickly. When we're born again, the Spirit of God comes in and we're spiritually alive. You are spiritually dead. Our first birth got us here physically and mentally, but it didn't get us here spiritually. You got to be born again. Nicodemus said, What? I got to go back in my mother's womb? No, no, no. You're already here physically. You're born again, and you have a spiritual rebirth. So when you are born again, you have a spiritual rebirth. Now Jesus lives on the inside of us. Problem. The old carnal nature is still around. Anybody notice that? The old carnal nature, the Bible talks about the carnal nature, the sin nature. The Bible talks about the flesh That is all the same thing. That's our old, carnal, sinful flesh. All right? It's still around. Romans teaches us, as a saved person, you can still think after the carnal nature. Romans says, and it leads to death. Or as a saved person, you can think after the Spirit, and it leads to life and peace. So each and every day, mostly for me, it's about each and every hour or each and every five minutes, I've got a choice to make. Am I going to think after my old nature or am I going to think after my new nature? Am I going to react to this guy right here telling me what he's telling me? Am I going to talk out of my flesh or am I going to talk out of my spirit? Now, so I got to make a decision right now because my flesh is boiling up it! I just read the Bible this morning and it just talked to me about my flesh and I'm wanting to tell this guy off except the Spirit of God lives inside me is saying, okay, okay, okay. The flesh is saying, give it to him, give it to him, give it to him. See, so you, here you are. Now, what am I going to do here? So I can think, at, but I already read the next sentence. If I go with the flesh, it's going to produce death. I'm going to hate myself. It's going to lead into all kinds of problems. Then we're going to get in a big fight. Then he's going to walk off. Then, there, then now what am I going to do? I, I, it, it will lead to death and destruction. Now go ahead and do that. But here's where that will lead. But if you will react after the Spirit, here's where that will lead. It will lead to life and peace. Thus, this series, we're learning to manage our life. That's what we're doing here we're learning to manage our life. We're learning to daily take those thoughts captive and not think after the old nature, but think after the new nature. It's called managing our lives. For the last couple of weeks, we have been looking at David, ultimately King David in the Old Testament. And we've learned quite a few lessons already, just to kind of go back and recap a little bit of those. Um, We saw the problem beginning in David's story with God's people even wanting a king. God wanted to be their king. He appointed judges to help them settle situations that would come up in their life, but God wanted to be king. Well, we read in the Old Testament, we read them saying, we want a king. Y'all complete the sentence. Why? We want to be like the other nations. Sound familiar? You got a teenager in your house? Say, I want to be like them. I want to be like, I want to be, we want to be like the other nations. Seriously? Who were the other nations? The Canaanites, the Hittites, the Jezebites. Anybody ever read about those other nations that they wanted to be like? The, the, the worst nations in the history of Civilization. We're not talking about a little heathen. We're not talking about them taking down the nativity scenes in their yard at Christmas. We're talking about cannibals. We're talking about cannibals here. We're talking about more heathenistic than animals. Oh, we want to be like them. Really? You didn't just say that. the most horrible nations in the history of the world, and you want to be like them? Let me just tell you something. The devil has no new lies, the devil has no new schemes. And you can just know that. It's, it's, it's like a broken record. He's going to do the same thing over and over again. Well, we want to be like socialistic nations. You, you didn't just say that. That's getting to be the groundswell? okay, name me one that you want to be like. J-j- okay, hold on. Name me one ever, 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 that has produced blessings and prosperity and freedom for the people that live there. Socialism is only a blessed life for the few tyrants at the top. Are you kidding me? These few tyrants at the top are trying to lead a groundswell in our country. Oh, we want to be like the other nations. Well, which one are you talking about? Oh, I hope we can be like Afghanistan. Afghanistan. Oh, I wish we could have the life that the Iraqis have. Oh, I wish our country could. Find a nation that everybody wants to go to. Just find one. We're it. Yet we want to be like the other nations. That's the same trick that was happening thousands of years ago. We want to be like other nations. Here's what concerns me. What concerns me is God doesn't say, no, you idiot. Don't ever say that again. God says, Oh, okay, just go right ahead and get you a king. He'll do this, and he'll do this, and he'll do this, and he'll do that. Well, will just get you some of that. I wish God wouldn't do that. I wish he'd just slap us around and say, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope. not here, not now. So many lessons that we begin to see with David, even as a little boy. Uh, knowing that God had a call on his life, but patiently waiting on God to bring all of that about in God's timing. See, we start seeing some things in our life, and then we jump up and run ahead of God and start trying to make things happen that's not in God's timing. We watched David as a young boy build on successes along life's way. And and, and you, you have daily battles that you win. You have situations that come In your life, and you win those, and you win those, and you win those, and it prepares you for the bigger battles down the road. We talked about the fact that David had a a unique ability to control his thoughts in lonely times. You, You know, there are times that all of us are lonely. You're by yourself, and you just feel alone. Think about being a little shepherd boy out there in the middle of nowhere with nobody. Not lonely. How well do you control your lonely times? How well do you control your thoughts? We we then saw David not let his family members get to him. Well, David, you're talking about prime for therapy. David could have spent his whole life every Tuesday at 10 o'clock on somebody's couch. His dad rejected him. His brothers hated him. And we don't read about David ever letting the wrongs of family members have any effect on him whatsoever. Here's what God's called me to do. Y'all, whatever you want to do. Y'all like me, don't like me, hate me. What, that's just up to you. Here's what God's called me to do. See, we didn't say, oh, this just, just hurt so bad. Come on. David, I mean, it was horrible. You think about David's father. You think about what he did or what he didn't do. Uh, you, You think about the rejection that his brothers put on him. David managed his thoughts about life. Another thing that I really like seeing is the fact that David did not try to wear Saul's suit. Suit worked great for Saul. The suit helped Saul win many victories in his life. And there are many people that are doing great things in life. It's just not my call. It's just not what I'm supposed to do. And I can appreciate Saul's suit. I can look at the beauty of it. I can look at the success that Saul had wearing it. But hand me my slingshot. Hand me my slingshot. This is what I use right here. And you don't have to feel belittled. You don't have to feel put down. All you got's a slingshot and you start trying to be somebody else. You start trying to do what somebody else is doing and you'll be miserable your whole life. You don't try to do what somebody else is doing. Do what God's called you to do and be happy in that. Man, what a lesson that we can learn when David took Saul's suit off and says, no, I I, I don't wear that. That's not for me. Now, You be friends with your friends. You enjoy your friends, but don't try to be your friend. Don't try to do what your friend is doing. Let them do what God's called them to do, and you do what God's called you to do. Well, I wish that in our last lesson I could go back and reteach those eight characteristics of giant killers. We talked about that in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Go back and study that. Well back and hear that podcast. I, I want to make sure that, that you got those life lessons. Those eight characteristics of a giant killer, man, that, that's just too good to pass over. Let's go on, uh, move on and try to get a few more life lessons here before we're completely out of time. 2 Samuel chapter 6. David is king. 2 Samuel chapter 6. And David is going to bring the Ark of God back to Jerusalem where it belongs. What a great thing. What a necessary thing. What a God thing. What a great thing to do. David gathers 30,000 of elite troops in Israel. Here they go, walking in front of the ark, singing, celebrating, playing all kinds of instruments. I mean, praising. This was a great thing that David was doing. Y'all, y'all if you've read the story, you remember the oxen stumbled the ark got tippy. Uzzah reached out, put his hand on the ark to steady the ark. He died right there. And David is mad at God. Stopped the entire event, and David is mad at God. I'm out here serving you, God, and look what happened. I'm out here doing this great thing, and God, how could you do this? God, why did you let this happen? God, I all, look at all I was doing for you. Look at the great thing I was doing for you, and now look what you've let happen. That was David's attitude, and we see that every day, don't we? We've seen that countless times in, in people's lives and in our own life. 2 Samuel chapter 6 David's going to move the ark, really do something big for God. He starts out, now he's mad at God. Okay, all right, now hold on. Let's study this event just a little bit. The event starts out in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 3. David had put the ark on a new cart. If you've got verse 3 open there, underline new cart. David puts the I built a new cart. I mean, this is a brand new cart. We're going to put the ark on this and we're going to and we're going to do that and we're going to do Does anybody happen to remember how God clearly said the ark was to be moved? Anybody read that? What's the answer? on poles. God was very clear about how to, ma- I don't have time to read that. I don't have to, we're going to have a new cart. I don't know poles or jive poles. We're going to have a new cart. We're going to put it on a new cart. And here's what we're going to, forget what God said. I don't care anything about what God said the definition of marriage is. Here is a better way of doing it. So I don't care anything about what God says. Here's the way we're going to do it. And it's going to be spectacular. 30,000 people, and we're praying. Okay, ho- hold on, hold on. This is so us. Then when things don't work out, you're mad at God. Just mad at God. Forget the whole thing. Leave the dang cart right there. Just to, uh, put it over at Obed-Edom's house and just to heck with it. I mean, that is, this is so us. Mad at God when things don't work out in our life. Mad at God. Anyway, Okay. How did God say to do this? You might want to concern yourself with that from time to time. Rather than just start out on your own, you might want to concern yourself with that. It cost them. It cost them. Cost them. Oh, there's so much to see here. I got to go on. Man, I wish I could talk about that for a long time. I got things running through my head. It'd be really good if I said them, but I'm moving on. 2 Samuel chapter 7, David gets really concerned about the fact that he's living in a beautiful cedar home and God lives in a tent. Okay, remember at this time, God dwelled in the tabernacle. Okay, you remember the tabernacle before the temple, the tabernacle was tent. It was a movable tent. That they moved and set up that had the Holy of Holies, and that was where the presence of God resided. That's where the presence of God dwelt. And David starts singing, I'm living in this beautiful cedar home, and God's living out there in a tent. There's nothing right about that. I couldn't agree more. I know that was a great thought. I'm gonna build God a temple, it's what I'm gonna do. Verse three Nathan, he's got a good friend. Man, let's do it. You need to do it. See, you got friends that's going to encourage you to get, oh, let's do it. Well, except for God said, that's not for you to do. Your son Solomon is going to be the one to do that. That's not yours to do. Church, you can have great ideas. they're just not a God idea. And you got to be mature enough to discern between great ideas and God ideas. Was it a great idea to build God a temple? It was a great idea. Great idea. It just wasn't the time. He wasn't the man. It wasn't the plan of God. You've got to make sure that you're not living your life in great ideas, that you're living your life in God ideas. Okay, now uh, this leads us to another thing, and I want to talk about this in just a minute. As you mature in your walk with God, as you are growing in your relationship with the Lord. Lord, hold on. Let's go back. You you used to do drugs big time. You were a real big thug, okay? I mean, you did drugs. You you just, I mean, you were into that. But now that is so far in your past, it's kind of like you're reading that about somebody else. You don't even believe that you did that, and it's for sure not a temptation to you. It's like a repulse to you. You, you were an alcoholic, big time. That's terrible. That was 20 years ago. And A sip of that? I mean, you can't even believe that you really did that. That is so foreign to you. Okay. Now, God's changed your life. God's moved you. That's not a temptation in any way. Here, tonight, let's go out and cook some meth in a trailer out here in the woods. What? I'm going home, go to bed. It's past my bedtime. I mean, you're, 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 oh, I just, that's such a temptation. I mean, that's not a temptation for you, okay? Uh, That's so far out of your life. uh, No, that's not a temptation for you. Has the devil quit tempting you? Okay, now think about this. Has the devil quit tempting you? See, all you want to do is serve the Lord. All you want to do is live your life pleasing to God. That's what you want to do. Here, come smoke it. Here, come do this. Tonight, let's go rob a bank. (laughs) Seriously? Are you joking right now? I mean, what? what? Let's go rob a bank. See, that's not a temptation. I'm serving the Lord. I I want to be a godly young man. I, I want to follow God. Okay, has the devil quit tempting you? Here's where seeking God, here's where seeking God, here's where developing you a prayer life is really, really important. Now listen to me. As you mature in the things of God, here's what I want you to know. The devil has not stopped tempting you, but he just may not be tempting you in that way. All you want to do is serve the Lord. Okay, let me ask you a question. Do you think that the devil would like to see you win five people to the Lord and get them committed to church? Do you think the devil would like to see you do that? Any hands? All your hands need to go up. All your hands need to go up. The devil would love to see you win five people to the Lord. If by going over here you were going to win 500 to the Lord. See, wait a minute, the devil's not tempting you to go rob a bank tonight, well then what is he tempting you with? Good is always the worst enemy of best for the mature Christian. So let me get you in a good job, let me get you in a good salary position, let me get you in a good scenario to keep you from being where you could really do something. Keep you from where you could really prosper. Keep you from where, are you hearing this? Would the devil like to see you win five people to the Lord? For sure he would if you were gonna go over here and win 500 to the Lord. See, the, just because he's not tempting you to go rob a bank tonight, then how is he tempting you? When you are all in for God, you got to really develop a prayer life that you know the voice of God, oh, I'm gonna build God a temple. no. That's a great idea, just not for yours to do. I'm going to move the ark. Okay, well, let's move it with poles, not a new cart. See, you, you start having these great ideas. How could God not be in that? Well, he cannot be in that at all. It was a good idea, it just wasn't a God idea. And when you mature in the Lord, you've got to really start watching and learning the difference You're not tempted by a bad idea. we got to learn the difference between a good idea and a God idea. God, make sure I'm hearing your voice. God, make sure I'm on path with you. Make sure this is what you would have me do rather than me just assume this is what I want to do. Well, it's a big lesson here, and I wish I had time to talk about this, but you've got to really be careful. Now that you're not being tempted to go out here and do whatever, doesn't mean the devil's not after you. God, I want to hear your voice. I want to make sure that I'm doing the right thing each and every day according to you. All right, we've got to move on real quick. 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1. You've got to read this. You've got to study this out. 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1. In the spring of the year, when kings normally go out to war, David sends Joab and the Israelite army off to fight the Amorites. However, David stayed behind in Jerusalem. Chapter 11, verse 1. In the spring of the year, okay, where are kings in the spring of the year? Off to war. Where is David? At home. Verse 2. Late one afternoon after his midday nap. Okay, hold on. Where's David supposed to be? At war. Where is he? At home taking a nap in the middle of the day. David starts walking around on the roof of his palace, and he sees a beautiful woman, Bathsheba. Oh, there's so much here when you're managing your life. So much here. The most important thing in life that you can ever do, and write this down, be where you're supposed to be. Just write that down. Wrong never happens when you're where you're supposed to be. 100% of the mess-ups in your life happen when you're where you should have never been to begin with. That would have never happened to you had you been at work. That would have never happened to you had you been in church. That would have never happened to you had you been in youth group that night. That would have never happened. Are you hearing this? Bad don't happen when you're where you're supposed to be. All right. Yeah, just, why were you with that girl alone in the first place? I can't believe this happened. Why were you at that party? Yeah, Terry and I watch these It shows. And oh, it's terrible. This girl got raped and shot, and it was. It was oh, it shouldn't never happen. OK. Well, why at 15 years old, was she over at that house, drunk out of her mind in, in that why, what, why wasn't she at home and doing her lessons? Uh, You know, are you hearing what I'm saying? See, yes, that was a horrible thing that happened, but why was she, where? what were you doing in that party to begin with? Had you never been in that place, then this horrible thing that is horrible would have never happened to you. Why did you stop there on your way home? Had you gone on home and got a broom and started sweeping out the carport, then you wouldn't have got hit in the back of the head with that pool cue. Why did that happen to you? Because you're where you shouldn't have been to begin with. All right, here's David. Not where he's supposed to be. You're, I don't care how big and mighty and powerful you are, you're never above a crash. You got to always manage your life. You always manage your life. All right, verse 3. David, get somebody. Hey, go find out who this woman is. The guy comes back. She's Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam, the wife of Uriah, hey, dude, the lady's married. The servant knows exactly what David's thinking, but the warning doesn't register with David at all. Whenever you are blinded by lust and desire, good sense is not there. You turn your ear off to warnings along the way. Don't get yourself in a place where you don't hear warnings. Let me just be the first to tell you, you can't stand against those kinds of desires. You're not going to stand against that drive. You you can't stand against that temptation. You can't do it. Well, how do you win? You win by never being there. You, you, You don't let that fire start burning and think that it won't burn you down. Where you win is by never being in that party to begin with. Where you win is by never going in there to begin. Where you win is by not getting involved in that to begin with. Where you win is not getting in a bass boat and going fishing with two other buddies and the ice chest is full of beer and you are there with two other guys that are drinking one after another and it's really hot. Where you win that is not getting in that boat to begin with. But once you're in that thing, you're not going to be able to stop. You can't stop the avalanche. Are you hearing this? How do you win in life? By being where you're supposed to be. Verse 5, Bathsheba says, David, I'm pregnant. Right here, one of two choices. Repent and get it right or deceive, lie, scheme. Let me just tell you this straight up in the midst of panic, you seldom make wise decisions. You can read the event. It just spiraled downward. It was horrible. You you read that, you study that, and the last verse in chapter 11 says, but the Lord was displeased with David and what he had done. Church, sin has consequences, and you don't want to go there. You don't want to go there what's really sad about sin and and I don't know if you notice this or not but what's really sad about sin its consequences don't just affect you and that's what's unfair long list of hurts pain and crisis on and on and on you can read about the rest of David's life did God forgive David absolutely God forgave him absolutely God forgave David But look at the wake of devastation that that caused in David's life, even in his son's life, even in his daughter's life. The wake of that devastation has a ripple effect. Your sin affects a lot of people, and you need to know that. Is that really what you want to do? Is that really what you want to do? Well, I'm out of time. Uh, We've gone through a lot of major life lessons way, way too fast. I hope you've taken great notes. Uh, I want you to go back and listen to these podcasts and go over each one of these life lessons and really digest these, really assimilate these in your life. God, through His Word, is doing all He can to spare us from the hurt and the pain and the devastation of sin. God, through his word, is doing all he can to spare you. Young people, God's doing all he can to spare you from wrecking your life. Now, just go out and get you a bunch of fun, and you can look and talk to several in here already that can say, I already did that. I know where that leads. I know where that goes. Come on, learn from people in life. And don't make the same mistakes that other people have made. We can go all the way back to Adam and Eve and see what they did. But if you and I will just listen to God, if you and I will just follow his warnings, we can live a blessed life full of peace and joy. Y'all stand. Lord, we turn our ear to your word. We tune into you. For you to lead and guide and direct us. Lord, we recognize, we realize that good can be the worst enemy of best. And Lord, don't let us get involved. Help us not get involved in a way that seemed right, but the end will lead to our destruction. We put our hand in your hand and we follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to the CMC podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com.